0: And welcome back to Catfish Cops. My name is Brandon Poor, and you will notice Tony Godwin's not with me because he is presenting a case study right now about uh, one of his big cases with um, hundreds of thousands of victims. But while he's away, I have the great pleasure to sit and talk with... Introduce yourselves.
1: I'm Julie Key. I'm a mental health therapist. Where at? In Stanislaus County, California.
0: Awesome. And you are?
2: I'm Holly Jilton.
0: Let me unmute you.
2: I'm Holly Jilton. I work for uh, Child Protective Services as a supervisor. I also run our Child Advocacy Center in Stanislaus County.
0: And Stanislaus County is California, but what are, what's the bigger known place in where you're at?
2: We are in Modesto.
0: Okay. So people know Modesto because of these big cases. (laughs) I won't mention them, but they might be, you know, Scott Peterson and (laughs) other, you know, Shonda Levy and stuff like that. And uh, so you are, is this your first time at the conference or have you been many years or?
1: It's my first time.
0: (gasps) What do you think so far?
1: I'm I'm loving it. It's great. It's a lot of information. It's pretty heavy, but
0: it's it's good stuff. But you, okay. So talk about what you do every day. Like what's your primary focus at, at your work?
1: So when youth come in for their forensic interviews, um, we will follow up with the families and the youth, and um, if they want mental health services, then um, we start them with an assessment, and then I see them weekly.
0: Okay, and what do you do every day as as a primary focus? A little of everything?
1: (laughs) A little of
2: everything, yes. I I, um, supervise our um, Child Protective Services Emergency Response workers as well as run the, the CAC. And, uh, I do forensic interviewing as well.
0: Oh, so you do a little bit of, oh, you really I, do a little do bit a of a little all. bit of everything. Okay. How long have yes. you been doing forensic interviewing and sort of uh, CPS stuff? Uh,
2: uh, 23 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. So
0: you've been, you've been through probably a few things in your day, right? Yes, I've seen a lot. And still look like you just started yesterday. And how long have you been working in this field?
2: Really? I've been in
1: the field since 2014, okay. um, but I've been at the center working with trauma youth for about, about three years.
0: Well, we were saying earlier, it's really wonderful because everyone has this primary focus of child protection in general, just protecting kids. But we see different things on different sides of the country. You know, Texas is not seeing what California and California is not seeing what New York. So what kind of things are you, if you want to start, Julie, just tell me a little bit about what you're seeing um, when kids come in. We obviously want to respect that there is privacy with what you do, but can you just talk in generalities what you're seeing in in the child exploitation field?
1: Yeah. So a couple of trends that I'm seeing where we're located is unfortunately a lot of um, school staff predators. Um, and and a lot of grooming there. Um, And then also just on video games um, and online in general. Um, The first question I usually ask my teens when they say they've met a boy online Yeah. As if they Facetimes with him.
0: (laughs) And when you say like, so gaming, that's a huge area we see exploitation happening on, but parents aren't really aware. What are you seeing? You know, can you speak about in generals, of course, but like, what kind of things are you seeing? Is it direct communication? What should a parent be looking out for? What are they, what are they going to, where is their child going to be contacted by an offender?
1: I, I mean, there's there's a lot of messaging that's open during video games. Um, I think par- a lot of parents, from what I'm seeing, is that they just kind of use it as a... <laughs> I don't want to kind of deal with you right now, like go play your video games, a babysitter. Exactly. And, and a lot of parents just are so disconnected from their kids nowadays, um, kind of doing their own thing. Kids are doing their own thing and it's causing a lot of problems, not just in the family relationships, but then it opens the door to, you know, the grooming and being, um, exposed to a lot of terrible things online.
0: So. so what are what does that do for like, cause you're probably more in a, in a place where you hear directly from kids. What does that do to a child who's talking to someone? Maybe something happens or maybe it doesn't get that far, but what does that do for the mental health of a child who's involved in that kind of thing?
1: Um, it's, I mean, it depends on kind of what you're t- talking about as far as like, um, you know, predators contacting them online, what does that do for them?
0: Yeah. Well, and, and let's say, for instance, what we see is a a predator is using nude imagery to extort mm. or something like that.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it's causing a lot of like PTSD symptoms, so wow. trauma symptoms. Yeah. yeah. Um, a lot of the youth I work with have nightmares. Um, they have distressing memories. So they, you know, they just remember certain aspects or even if pictures were sent to them, they get a visual yeah. um they shut down a lot um they just feel very detached from other people um so yeah there's there's a lot of impact
0: so we see it as this momentary blip on the radar but it can have long-lasting consequences right for a kid
1: it yes. sure can i interviewed
2: a, a child um just this month who um was groomed and perpetrated on by her teacher oh. and um She was in love with him. Yeah. And learning at that age to to kind of detach yourself from that person is is very difficult. It's difficult as an adult. Right. And let alone a 15-year-old kid that was perpetrated on by her band teacher and
0: we see the the teacher cases specifically right there's a lot more of a connection than someone you maybe met offline randomly and something happens but with a teacher they're usually having a connection my experience and maybe you can speak to this as well is a lot of the kids in those kind of cases they don't come forward and tell as easily right what are you seeing as far as that with that connection what does that change in the dynamic of sexual abuse or exploitation? Do you see a difference or is it all just kind of the same?
2: Um, it's, it's kind of all the same. I don't know what Julie, Julie thinks regarding that, but um, you know, it, it's a longer process of, of attaching that child to that, that person. Yeah. And then it creates a lifelong process. Uh,
0: yeah scar Dip, right scar yeah. Yes, yes yeah, perfect. where you've ripped this Band-Aid of yes, trauma yes. off of them, and i I know that that's tough for them you know for us to see but but we also know that that's harmful to them right, and uh needing to you know get them out of that circumstance even though they may not see it as detrimental, do you ever see those kind of things come back and where the kid feels like there's maybe a little bit of resentment for you know the fact that someone interfered in this connection between them. Yes. Julie's shaking her head too. <laughs> yes.
2: Yes. Yeah. Um, and we may be thinking about the same person, right? Um, and she's come back to our center multiple times. Yeah. And you know she's torn between wanting to honestly continue a relationship with right. this guy because she's in love or learning to unattach herself from yeah them. so and that could go for somebody catfishing online yeah. as well I yeah. mean you're attached to what image you have in your head of who that person is
0: and that's not child specific right like we see adults uh, that have yes, been catfished exactly, and that, exactly. you know, yes, that's a, yes. it's a whole tv show about it I won't mention the name but yeah. you know it might have something yeah. to do with catfishing
2: <laughs> yes um
0: yes. what uh Platforms are you seeing used most in predation of children in California? Can you say?
1: Um, I would say a lot on TikTok, um, and then just I mean through the PS5 or Xbox, just video games in general. Because anytime platforms. there's an opening for for people to chat with each other, um, you know, you might hear your kids yelling and getting excited because he's playing a game not knowing that the messaging they're doing on the side is, you know, potentially with a predator.
0: Where the exploitation is happening.
1: Right, exactly.
0: Uh, We often tell our listeners that, you know, anywhere, so platforms are really not, there's not one more dangerous than the other. Really, the danger is anywhere where one person can communicate with another becomes an area of focus for predators to groom and access children, right? So. I know our listeners are used to hearing us and probably tired of hearing me and my partner say that. But hearing people who are in the field working this say those things, you know, that that means something different because you're dealing in a completely different realm than we are. You're dealing in more victim focused, you know, trauma, restoration, protection and and the area of healing, I'm sure, more than, you know we get to. So what are you attending here at the conference? What's your, what's your workshop? What, what have you been to? What have you taken away? What are you looking forward to? Uh, Oh, I put them on the spot. They're like, what was the name of that again?
1: Well, we just recently went, to, recently went to a really interesting one on paraphilia. Okay. Um, just to kind of show the side of the offender, yeah. you know, and, and how they get to that point.
0: Was that Joe Sullivan? I believe so. Yeah, yes. I think he's really well known in this field. Yeah. And, and I've heard that's a really great. Yeah, um, it is. So anything that you can share with a, maybe a parent listening about like what kind of deviance that he said is going on? Or is that too much on the spot? <laughs> <laughs> you didn't know there would be a pop quiz right after, right?
1: <laughs> um, I think it was more just what their thought process is as far as he did mention, you know, um, that a true pedophile or somebody who has that desire for children, um, will get it in their minds that, Hey, you know, my niece came over and she sat on my lap and she, you know, was playing around or she was moving and it, you know, it causes some stimulation. And so in their mind, they believe that this child wants that, that or oh, is, wow. or is okay with something more.
0: So something innocent by the child becomes sexualized yes. by the predator. And
1: that happens all the time. Yeah. I see that yeah. all the
2: time in child mm-hmm. protective services. Yeah. Really?
0: Yeah. yeah. Where, where something's taken out of context mm-hmm. and becomes almost a mm-hmm. a focus or a,
2: yes, yes, absolutely. The child sitting on a lap, you know, even sometimes high five or something like that. It's yeah. just, they're approaching me.
0: Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. And so
2: that predator's mindset is so um, skewed. corrupt, yeah, yeah. skewed, that um, you, just, you just don't know.
0: It's easier to justify, I'm sure, mm-hmm. for themselves that, oh, this is not me. It was them.
2: Right. And uh, can I talk about a movie that I watched? on? Sure. Okay. So a couple years ago, Sasha Newlinger mm-hmm. was here at the conference, and he... Um, he was a, a child victim, and he uh, created a movie. It's called Rewind, okay. and I believe you can get it on um, not Netflix but like Amazon. Uh-huh. You look it up, and he talks about how, as a child, how he was how he was screwed. Oh wow! And it's a fascinating. Um, and he he came from a healthy family. And, um, parents that were completely involved in his, his life. Yeah. And this was 20 years ago when, when there wasn't all the online, uh, opportunities for predators. So that's a good movie for, for parents to watch.
0: Because grooming's happening in all of these cases, right? Online and Mm -hmm. in person. Mm -hmm.
2: And, and the predator's mind is so, um, warped that, um, Again, like we said, anything that that is innocent is perceived as a, a, a come on, right? Sexualized, yes, right? Yes,
0: and that's yeah. I th- I think that um, I think we share ways and ways that that happens when we talk about case studies and the ways. But I mean, this is it's it's really eye opening to hear from professionals, especially that have worked in this field for years, that are seeing it every day and talking every day and seeing that. Hey, these are common things, but they're, they're common amongst offenders. It's not like one person's done this and no one else does it. It's happening all of the time and across it's a the board,
2: Pattern, which is fascinating to see. It's, it's not necessarily everybody has a different way of doing it. Yeah. Usually it's, it's a, it's a pattern. And so
0: great insight.
2: Yeah.
0: Great insight. Well, thank you for joining us. Thank I you. am so thankful that you guys sat down with us, that you came by to say, hi, that is Julie key. And Holly Gilton, Jilton, Jilton, um, out of Stanislaus County, California. Thank you. If you go to any fun workshops and want to come by and share some wisdom that you gain, come by, and, and I'm sure our listeners would appreciate listening to you. Thank, right. Thank you so you. much. Thank you for listening to the Catfish Cops podcast brought to you by Brandon Poor and Tony Godwin. For additional information and available resources, please visit our website www.catfishcops.com and click on the resources link.